This is It Just Takes One. One person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. The premise of this book was not only to develop my children, of course, to be good citizens and and just develop them. Every parent wants to do that. And I want to do that as well. I never wanted to completely give over control to the school system, either public or private. I, I really feel like it's, this is my own personal opinion, that it's the parent's responsibility to develop their children and expose them to opportunities and such things. And, and that really was the driving force behind all of this. Today's episode is for all of you who are parents. <laughs> Today I'm interviewing Roxanne Wing. Roxanne is the recent best-selling author of Lead Your Child to Success. And all of you out there who are parents are going to be able to relate to this conversation today. As a parent, we are always looking for ways to help our children grow and improve. And in our own ways, we open up doors and find opportunities and help them connect with the opportunities that will help them grow. That's exactly what Roxanne did. When her children were young, she made an intentional decision to find some unique ways to help her children develop. She shares some of those unique ideas with us on the call today and also in her book, which is available on Amazon. For now, though, I'm going to let her finish this story, and I invite you to sit back and listen in as Roxanne Wing shares how to lead your child to success. Hello, Roxanne. Welcome to It Just Takes One. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Oh, it's great to have you. I'm excited to talk with you about your new best-selling book, Lead Your Child to Success, and talk a little bit about some of the things that you've been doing and, and what, it, what it meant to you to write this book and why you wrote this book and all of those things. We're going to cover all of that in this conversation. But let's just start off by introducing the audience to how we know each other. Do you want to share how you and I met? Yes, I would love to. Uh, I greatly admire Todd Durkin and I listened to his podcasts and I went on his site um, and discovered that you were there coaching and uh, we, we met through Todd and um, Todd's office. And it has been a delight, I have to say. And just, it's been so rewarding to work with you. Well, the same to you as well. And actually, I remember on our very first conversation, you said, I had these certain goals. And one of those goals is to be able to publish my book. And that was six months ago. And here we are today, book in hand, bestseller. <laughs> How does that feel? Oh my gosh. I, I can't, I can't explain it. The feeling it's been so gratifying. Um, it's been something that's been on my heart uh, for a long time and um, to have it come to fruition um, has been just very rewarding. 
Yeah. You know, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are people that have a dream of writing a book and maybe some of them have written some of their book and others have maybe just got an idea and haven't really started writing, mm-hmm. but you were actually a pretty unique case because when, when we first spoke about publishing the book, you had actually already written the entire thing. Yes, that is correct. And I believe, Kelly, that anyone who has a desire to read, to write a book should contact you um, and Scripter Publishing and make that happen. I believe everybody has a book in them and everyone has experiences that other people don't. And with the TED Talks and such things, we're just sharing information with one another all the time now. It's, it's been wonderful. Well, thank you for that. And I really actually love the way you just described that. I think the same thing. I think everybody has at least one book in them, which is their story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe people have multiple books in them because they have more than just their story. So thank you. That was that was beautifully shared. And I think if you're a listener out there who has thought about writing a book, take that to heart because you have your own story and and we are just sharing information with each other. It's how we learn and how we grow. And so Roxanne, you wrote this book called Lead Your Child to Success because you had experience. And although this is a little bit of your story, it's really more about your experience of leading your own children to success. So let's share a little bit about that. Can I start by reading something to you from your book. Absolutely. I always think it's fun to have somebody read it, your own words back to you. It just comes out differently when somebody else reads it. And I'm literally going to start from page one, part one, begin with the end in mind. And this is what you wrote. Do you hope your children will enter a good college, obtain a US service academy appointment, or become responsible, civic-minded community leaders. It's not too soon to think about how to prepare them to meet these goals. This parental guide will help you face that challenge. (laughs) What do you mean begin with the end in mind? How do you begin with the end in mind as a parent? Right. For me, and I know this is for every parent, you want the most for your children. You want to develop them the best you can so that they can get into the best college, uh, get a great profession, or just be a responsible, civic-minded person. And I wanted to develop them to fulfill their goals in life. So early on, I took it upon myself to make certain that they had as many developmental activities as I could locate just to develop them, Kelly, not to try to say, when you grow up, you have to be this. I just wanted to make them um, have as much marketability or talent as they could possibly have, and then bring out whatever they want to do. And, uh, you know, they can go into that field. Mm-hmm. And in your book, you call that intentional development. You were actually making a very intentional decision about some of the opportunities that you were going to open 
for your own kids. We should mention by the fact, by, by the way, that you do have two children. Go ahead and share. <laughs> They're now adults. They're not really children <laughs> anymore, but uh, let's just share who they are and, and share their names and a little bit about each of them. So the audience can get a feel for who we're talking about here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my son, Andrew, uh, he is, uh, he is, well, he's a graduate of West Point and uh He's in the uh, program, the flying program um, in Alabama and down at Fort Rucker. Um, my daughter is, um, they're both married. Uh, my daughter lives in uh, Alabama with me. And uh, she is a, just a wonderful, wonderful person. And um, she's, she's just a very, very good person, good civic-minded person. So um, that's a little bit about them. and. We should just make a note because it's actually uh, you had mentioned to me before the call that it was a very special day in your family for Andrew in particular today. Yes. Would you like to share the good news? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, so today was the uh, he's gone through the uh, training down there at Fort Rucker uh, to be a pilot. And anybody who knows anything about military, they're mostly helicopters. But he had an opportunity uh, as the first in his class to select his. Um, airframe. Or, and um, he did get that. It was a C-12, which probably means nothing to you or I, but anyone who's listening with military background probably knows what that is. So uh, we're, we're celebrating today because that was what he wanted to do. So it's kind of a fun day. Fabulous. Well, congratulations to him and to all of you, because that uh, is it's a great honor, but an earned honor. And it's yes, something yes. that he did. He did he work very, help. very hard. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So you had these two children and, and you made this intentional decision about the way that you wanted to develop them. Do you, rem do you remember that moment as when they were children where you really felt like you wanted to kind of take control of the opportunities that you were going to open for them? And, and do you remember actually feeling that way? Or was it something that when you looked back on it, you realized you actually did. Mm -hmm. I think, Kelly, that I, I thought that almost right away. Mm -hmm. um, I, intentional is a, is a great word. And because um, you just want to give them as many developmental opportunities as possible. So I believe that it started just almost right away, not, not with infants, but maybe around toddler age is when I started thinking, I'm going to give them the opportunities that they can so that they can succeed. So I'm thinking if I'm a listener out there and I've got young children mm -hmm. and I want to start making some intentional decisions and, and maybe just opening some doors that I hadn't thought about before, mm -hmm. I would love to hear more about some of the things that you did. So some of the kind of unique things that you did to create opportunities for your son and your daughter. Absolutely. And, and it's not just about creating opportunities, Kelly, it's especially for my daughter. I wanted her to know everything that she was capable of and my son as well. And I tell him still to this day, um, I don't want you to be perfect. I don't want you're perfect just the way you are. However, just know that you are anything that you set your heart to do, almost anything, um, 
is available to you. So when my daughter and son were young, uh, we began with reading. Uh, reading is huge. And I don't have to tell you that, um, mm-hmm. or any, probably any of your listeners that. So we started reading right away. And um, my son began to read words prior to getting in school. And my daughter, um, she was kept going up to the next level of um, in first grade, she'd go to second grade reading and such things until in seventh grade, she was reading at a 12th grade reading level. Um, I say that only because of the importance of communication skills. However, um, for my daughter, wanting to show her role models, some of you, you had asked about examples. Um, each year from kindergarten through fifth grade, we would have a professional come in and I would invite a professional with the teacher's approval to come in and speak to the children. I made sure they were all girls, all women rather, uh, so that the girls could follow them as role models should they choose. So, you know, we had a pediatrician, we had a judge, um, we had a a meteorologist, we had forensic science, um, we had just different things like that. And I just wanted her to see, you know, what was available to her. Mm. Um, I took them to meet the governors um, with the, it's a little bit of a process, uh, you know, you have to know that, um, you have to get permission and all of that. And, yeah, um, but we had at the time in Michigan, we had governor Jennifer Granholm for your Michigan listeners. I'm sure they know. Um, and I really wanted her to meet, um, this woman because of all she'd accomplished. And it was just really an impact on her to see, what she could become. And just, um, it was a beautiful experience. We've also written to Laura Bush when she was in office. And I just uh, really wanted to expand their world and traveling whenever we could, just so that they know what what is possible for them. Yeah. You know, when I read your book the first time, that I'm glad you used that example because it was actually one that stood out to me. The fact that you really made the effort to go and meet the governors Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very unique, not just mm-hmm. for the reason that you're stating that, you know, in, in, in Michigan, when you were there, you actually had a female governor and you were trying to get those female role models, but just right. the idea of, of making that extra effort to go and, and give the exposure to that level of leadership and mm-hmm. uh, to your children. I, I, I thought that was very unique. I, I hadn't yeah. heard somebody who had done that before. And I, and I give you a lot of credit for that. Do the kids remember it? Do they remember meeting well, we them pictures. or have anything to say about that? We have pictures and they remember all of it. And uh, um, her sitting in the governor's chair with the governor standing next to her. It's really taking your vision just a little bit further, you know, um, look beyond what you think maybe today you're capable of to the possibilities that could possibly be available to you. Um, with work. Um, so it was, it was a wonderful case, experience. I, I'm just thinking because you said it's not an easy process, of course not. And it's probably even from when your kids were young to now, probably a, even a different process just with right. and whatnot. But how did you go about doing that? How did you, did you call the governor's office? Did you, and how did. did you actually make that happen? I did. Uh, I called the uh, governor's office and it's really, it's not 
a hard process. I, I should have said it's a little bit of a complicated process. So even, you know, you don't just show up, right? You call the office and you have to give a reason and uh, get permission. And then we sat in the room with her stenographer who took all the notes and there was a nearby uh, state police officer standing quietly in, in the adjoining room, just, you know, just there. And um, she just asked her some questions and it was, it was a very interesting day. And I would also take them over to, um, to the Capitol and we would sit in the galley and we could listen to, you know, or, and meet our legislature. And we were announced one day as being constituents, visiting constituents, and they all turned around, they were in session, which is their procedure, um, and clapped for us. So it went in the permanent records. So that was quite interesting, but it, um, it teaches them about, um, their country and about our, you know, some, their civic responsibility and such things. Um, my son, when he was about, he would go to the, uh, he would go to the Republican party uh, meetings um, in our town. And um, one of the, uh, the people there invited him to run for an office. And at that time he was 18, but he was, he was going, you know, he was going away to school, so he couldn't do it, but um, so it's just little things that help to, they build on one another, mm -hmm. little successes that build on one another mm -hmm. and develop leadership skills. Yeah. Uh, both of my children, well, my daughter went to Dale Carnegie, we took her there. She was in Toastmasters and I mean, what a wonderful role model, these people in Dale Carnegie. So she took that, she was in high school yet. And so I called the next when it was finished and asked um, if they needed any help. And he, he brought her back as a graduate assistant. And so she, she had some amazing role models, although she wasn't paid. She just, all the free water she wanted to drink and, and that mm -hmm. was it. But um, there was great role models for her and another opportunity to develop leadership skills. Yeah, that's interesting that she did that when she was in high school. Did you ever get resistance from your kids? Was she happy to go to Dale Carnegie? Was it something she embraced or right. was she resistant and then appreciated it later? That is a, that's a really, really good question. Um, I didn't really sense any resistance mm -hmm. uh, per se. I, it was my idea. So, um, and she she went and she went and she went and she enjoyed it and she learned a lot. Yeah. So it's just those experiences that, that helped develop her. Yeah. yeah. I I'm saying that because another um, experience that you mentioned in the book is boys and girls state. And yes. I was thinking about it because my oldest daughter did girls state uh, her senior year. And at the time she wasn't even sure what it was. So she went <laughs> She wasn't resistant, but she didn't really know what she was getting into. And uh -huh. you know, looking back on it now, she she learned a lot of things she didn't know about the way government works and how right. how you can participate as a citizen in the exactly. Government. Um, That's a perfect example of of how you know exposure to these different opportunities, uh, these enriching opportunities, helps develop them and grow. And now she knows about you know, government at such a young age, she knew about government and probably opened her eyes a little bit to, hmm, you know, maybe I'll be an attorney or maybe I'll run for office someday. Um, mm -hmm. 
or even maybe not, you know, because you, oh, maybe not. you go, oh, this is not for me, but at least exactly. you have the opportunity to make that decision. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. You also mentioned, you talked about reading and starting reading and how much reading is a factor in children growing to success. There were some other mm-hmm. things that you talk about too. One of them is music, which I, I think you kind of put on that same level of reading. Talk a little bit about the impact <laughs> of music, how you used it and what kinds of things you did with music with your kids. Right. There's been so many studies about uh, it developing um, your brain, the young children's brain. And so we, and as well as self-discipline, So my children were required to do piano until sixth grade. And then at sixth grade, they could choose the instrument of choice at their junior high. Um, But um, I think it's a wonderful, a wonderful way for them to, to help enhance their, their skills and learn and learn how to play an instrument. Sure. And how about art? Do you, did you do anything specific with art or intentionally with exposing them to art as they grew up? Right. That's a great question too. I took them down to the Detroit Institute of Arts. Really what my forte is, really what I do well, and really what this book is about is I learned how to search out opportunities to develop. Now they may or may not be for everyone. They, they may have may or may not have been for my own children, you know, um, as far as they might not have liked art, but we went down there and they had a class and we did that and tried that out. And that was fun. And also um, I contacted the zoo and they have lots of programs. Uh, They worked with every day for a summer, uh, one week, Um, they would go with the zookeeper and go and assist in feeding the animals. And I think I was more heavily science-based, especially for my daughter. Mm -hmm. I had her in girls in science uh, programs Mm -hmm. from fifth grade um, for a few years. And um, it was operated out of the University of Michigan by the women in science and engineering program. And they had a girls in science and engineering program. So they were, their acronym was wise guys, which I thought was kind of cute, but um, it was a program that um, they had at just trying to expose girls to, you know, the computers, the mathematics and the sciences and to encourage them to develop their talents and go into those fields. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, really great opportunities. I'm glad you brought up the the skill set that you have because it's it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have the ability. I, you're like a treasure hunter. You know, you <laughs> turning over treasure and keep searching for things until. And I and I just know that about you from working with you. Yeah. So I'm thinking again of the listeners, and I'm thinking if there's a listener out there that's hearing this and saying, "Wow, those are all great ideas," but how in the world would I ever go about doing it? What would you say to that person? If I may say, Kelly, um, the things that I find interesting might not be the things that they find interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the government aspect. I liked introducing them to them I, to the governors. I liked taking them to the state capitol. I like the Freedom Academy, the um, the Girl State that you had mentioned for your daughter. Those types of things that that will really strengthen their 
um, civic mindedness and um, their community spirit, that type of thing. That was my number one preference. And then the other thing is, especially for my daughter, I have to say again, um, I really just wanted her to know all the things that she could become if she chose to. Mm -hmm. So back to your original question about with the end in mind, really, I just wanted them to develop into the most productive people that they could be, good, good civic-minded leaders or community members for our next generation and um, give them the opportunity to select by exposure and also by preparation um, the occupation that they most enjoy. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You know, you do, you do bring up something in the book that I think is worth talking about. Um, and you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit with, you know, just feeling that it is the parent's responsibility to raise their children and, and develop them the way that they would like to see them develop. But you also talk in the book about something called the curse of low expectations. Yes. Oh, a little bit about what that means and share right. what is what is that curse and and what can we do to get over that? Yeah. Great question, Kelly. Great question. Um I believe my son wanted to go to West Point when he was in high school and um a lot of times counselors, well-meaning, well-meaning people, well-meaning adults and friends will try to steer you away from the bigger goals because they don't want to disappoint you, you know, or they don't want you to be disappointed. And um, I think that you should be realistic about your goals. I mean, you don't want to pick something that's that's impossible because you'll just get frustrated and, and or something too low because you just won't be fulfilling your potential. But I do believe that you should, and the children should, both adults and children, should reach as high as they can uh, for their goals. And um, I really do believe in that low uh, curse of low expectations. And you probably, you're probably familiar with that as well. Yeah, Yeah, I think we tend to for exactly the reasons that you say, we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. We don't want them to feel failure. So we try and cushion them against it. And we lower the Mm -hmm. expectation. I remember my father who was a school principal and eventually school superintendent saying Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. when you, when you set the expectation, they rise to it. True. No matter where that bar is, the children will rise to it. If you set it, if you set it low, they'll go there. If you set it high, they'll go there. So it's your choice where you set that. I couldn't agree with you more. And even, even if they don't make it all the way up to what you say, and there's a little margin there, they're going to stretch and grow and, and go as high as they possibly can to try to fulfill what they feel they're capable of doing because their parents you know, did that. And I know all parents do that. Um, so this book is really just about me gathering resources to share with other parents that may want to do that as well. Absolutely. They don't, maybe don't have the time or whatnot to find some of them. So with that in mind, and the thinking of parents that are listening that would like to purchase the book, Roxanne, where can they get the book? Oh, yes. It, it's available on Amazon, on Amazon, 
or uh, you can find me on Facebook and I'm uh, at Capital Life Coaching. If you want any information, um, you can also reach me at RoxanneWing88 at gmail.com. Excellent. I will make sure all of those get into the, the show notes below. So anybody that's looking for them can have them. What's next, Roxanne? You've written this book and now you've mm-hmm. published it. So yes. you actually have, have it um, completed and, and out there. What's next for you? What do you, what, what do you have coming up? Yes, it's very, very exciting. Um, For your Michigan listeners, I'd like to share that we're going to be at the Marguerite D'Angeli Library. That's in Lapeer, Michigan. And uh, we'll be there on Saturday, October 9th at 11 a.m. And for your Alabama listeners, we will be at the Pelham Public Library on October 16th at 11 a.m. And again, you can find if you find me on Facebook or email me and I'll give you more details. Excellent. And again, I'll make sure that those get in the show notes too. So if anybody's in those areas and would like to come and hear you speak about this topic and, and get the book, they can do that at either of those as well. Roxanne, before we close today, I always like to end the episodes by asking about the phrase, it just takes one. And so I'm curious, what does the phrase, it just takes one mean to you? It means that it only takes one person to to make a difference. I'm thinking particularly of prayer. Um, I just heard of a a group that was meeting um, for 40 years. They not the same people, but 40 years, this tradition of this day long prayer group was going on. And the first thing that came to my mind, Kelly, is I can't even imagine how many lives were impacted by the prayers that they prayed for those people. So it just takes one person to pray. Um, And then of course, other people may come alongside you, but it just takes one. I love that. Um, I was actually just having a conversation with my son earlier today about the power of prayer and the power of just putting that energy out into the world Mm -hmm. and how it multiplies even just by one person. Yes. Um, and yes. then obviously, as you're describing from more and more people coming together, well, my thoughts and prayers go out to you and Thank congratulations you. again on your success. It's been a pleasure working with you on this project for sure. And I look forward to seeing where the book goes and, and the opportunities that present themselves following this. Thank you so much, Roxanne. Thank you, Kelly. It's been my pleasure. As we come to the end of this episode, I hope you're walking away with at least one or two ideas of something you could do with your own children to help lead them to success. Maybe it's one of the ideas that Roxanne shared, or maybe this is just inspiring you to take action on something that you wanted to do and had the idea for already. In either case, I encourage you to take action Take something from this and do something with it. And then it makes it all worthwhile. Of course, one action step you could take is to go ahead and purchase Roxanne's book. It is available on Amazon and I will put the link in the show notes below. 
That concludes another episode of It Just Takes One for us today. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And stay tuned. We have more episodes, interviews with our authors coming soon.